Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, what's up? What's up, David? I miss these late night sessions. It's I know. Been a while. It's 12, 16 a.m. Uh, on the East Coast. Uh, you were obviously at FTX Arena for Miami's uh, final preseason game tonight. I'm up in New York. Um, getting ready for the Panthers season to kick off uh, on Thursday on Long Island. So, um, you know, I didn't get to watch a whole lot of tonight's game. Obviously <laughs> not on TV here uh, on Long Island. It might surprise you. Um, you you followed along on Twitter, though, right? You followed follow along on Twitter, watched my highlights, clips, read your takeaways. Um, and I mean, we're, we're going to mostly talk about this final preseason game because we're going to do our preseason takeaways tonight. Um, but obviously a lot of that comes down to this game. Um, Anthony, before we dive into specifics, um, what were your just big picture takeaways from this heat preseason? It seems like, um, and again, you, I, I, I didn't get to watch every game because of travel and stuff like that, but, uh, seems like a pretty successful preseason for the heat. Um, I, you know, I kind of feel like a lot of the questions we had about them, I, how much can you answer in one preseason game? Right. Not that much, but I mean, they definitely like did as much as they could. I feel like in, in the limited uh, ability they had to do it in this preseason. Yeah, it went about as well as they could have imagined, right? Yeah. A no big injuries, no major injuries. Yeah, obviously that's number one. Yeah, and Omar Yurtseven missed. Omar Yurtseven, Udonis Haslam, Marcus Garrett missed tonight's game. We'll get to more Marcus Garrett news later in the podcast. Haslam's Achilles. Not not considered serious. Year seven ankle soreness not considered ser- serious. So the fact that the Heat escaped preseason pretty much injury free, as far as like the main roster guys, that's great news for them. Number two, the biggest takeaway I think to me was what we saw in the preseason finale, which is like the only game that Heat handled mm-hmm. as their dress rehearsal. The first four games, you know, different guys are in and out of the lineup. Uh, in the finale on on Tuesday night or on Wednesday night, most of the re- pretty much all the regulars played. And the starting lineup is what we thought. Yep. Uh, Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, Caleb Martin at the four, Raymond about the five, and it looked really good. I think based on my unofficial uh, statistics, they were a plus 12 in 20 minutes together, which is very good. Um, Tyler Hero, questions about him playing off the ball and how that, you know, how that would impact his game. He's going to have a lot of open spot of threes, which I think is good news for the Heat. Um, he's a really good spot-up shooter last year. Caleb Martin brings something a little different to the four spot, his athleticism and quickness, um, and he looked good as well. Um, and just overall, I think the team looked really good. I mean, aside from that, I would say Nikola Jovic yeah. exceeded all of our expectations uh, this preseason. And then, obviously, Jamal Kane getting that two-way contract a few days ago. He's really had a strong preseason as well. So kind of briefly, the quick rundown, those are our biggest takeaways uh the last two weeks. Yeah, uh, let's just dive right into specifics then, because yeah. what you mentioned with Tyler Hero and uh, this, I, I think a lot of people's big takeaway is going to be that Bam looked awesome. And that, that too, I missed that, but yes, that that is true. We'll right. get, we'll get to that in a second, but to me, the biggest takeaway from what Tyler did tonight, playing with the starters, uh, what he did all preseason, I think he shot fifty eight percent from three in the preseason. Like that's the key stat for me, because I know. You can talk all about Tyler Hero's potential. Like, could he be a, a Devin Booker type player who makes tough mid-range jumpers? 
um, who gets to the rim and finishes. And that stuff is all great, especially it's especially great when he's in that six man role. But the easiest way for Tyler Hero to get better was just to become a lock knockdown three point shooter. Um, it was, you know, obviously, I think when the Heat drafted him, you know, because he's a white guy from Wisconsin, a lot of people thought this guy was going to be a sharpshooter. And in the NBA, he just kind of frankly has not been that. He was not even I think he shot 33 percent from three in his one year at Kentucky. So it's not it wasn't even exactly his um, resume when he came out of college. Um, I, I would say in the NBA, he was a good big shot maker, but not just like you said, a catch and shoot type guy. Uh, tonight, the, those shots he's taken, that step back he hit in the corner, um, obviously, like you said, just making open catch and shoot threes. That's the best way for Tyler Hero to be worth the contract that he gave him on a short-term basis. Obviously, the reason they give him a contract like that is because in four years, when Jimmy Butler is gone, they envision this being Bam and Tyler's show. Um, but short term, the best way for when he is still clearly, you know, the third best player on this team at best. You know, we'll see what Kyle Lowry ends up being this year. Um, the best way for him to provide value to this team is just to be a, a knockdown three point shooter. Yeah, I agree, and and that's something he's been good at, honestly, though. Like, his three-point percentage really hasn't, I guess, met expectations over his entire career, but last year, as a spot-up shooter, he was a four, is at 42.2% on right. three-point range. That's one of the best in the NBA. I'm trying to look it up now, but I think the last time I looked, that was 93rd percentile last mm-hmm. year. Um, so he's going to get more of them this year with the role he's playing next to Jimmy Bam and Kyle. And even Caleb, with his Caleb's playmaking ability, um, he's going to get a few more. And we saw that tonight. He was 5 of 7 from 3. Most of those are spot-up looks. Um, and he's really, really good at those. Um, so I would expect his three-point percentage to go up just for that reason. He's getting more open looks and probably clear looks of the this, of this spot-up uh, variety. Um, so, yes, he'll have to change his game. He won't have the ball in his hands as much. But if he can hit those catch-and-shoot threes, which he's done in the past, it might even be better for him offensively. And it'll probably take some of the pressure off him, too, where he doesn't have to create and you know some, maybe some inefficient shots that he had to do in the past because he was uh, running things. So, you know, it, it, it looked good tonight. Obviously, like you said, there's a long way to go. It's one game. Um, but we kind of saw how it, it could work uh, with Hero in that group. Yeah, he uh, he's going to be a more efficient scorer almost yeah. certainly this year than he was last year, even if he's not as impressive a scorer. Sure. And the thing that can make him great is the ability to be that impressive uh, isolation one-on-one score when the Heat need it, but also to slide into a complementary role. And, um, you know, because Jim, Tyler Hero is not one of the 20 best players in the league or anything like that, like, that's what you have to do to, to be, you know, he's a role player for, for all intents and purposes right now. And the best role players, you know, a lot of times you see it with, like, good young role players who can eventually blossom into stars um, is they uh, are can, can kind of slide between yeah. them, right? They can yeah. be the, the primary guy when, when they run the bench unit, but they can also be, you know, I think of, like, honestly, like, C.J. McCollum, who, who the Heat played against tonight, I think is a pretty decent example of that. A guy who was always good playing with Damian Lillard, but also when Damian Lillard was on the bench in, in Portland, he could be the guy 
I uh, you know, think of like Fred Van Vliet, basically, right? The year the Raptors won the the title, um, I think it was the was the clinching game where he hit all those threes and kind of went crazy in that like catch and shoot type role. And then a year or two later, he's the guy there for them when when Kawhi is gone. Um, so uh, I think if if Tyler can fill that role this year, um, then I mean this offense, this, this starting lineup obviously has, has a chance to be really good. And, um, you know, a lot like I was obviously made of how do they replace B.J. Tucker? I, I think I mean, it was the story of the offense last season, right? It was all about the three point percentage. What was yeah. the? I don't remember what the numbers were, but when they shot over, was it 40 percent? 40 percent. Yeah. It was yeah. like if they shot over that, they basically they were like unbeatable. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, they're going to be worse defensively. So you probably need to shoot a little better than that. Uh, but if you have Tyler Hero in a role where he's going to shoot a more efficient percentage. Um, Duncan Robinson, who I think is another major bright spot of this preseason, right? Looks like he's going to be in the rotation, right on the edge of the rotation. Um, You know, Caleb, obviously PJ Tucker was a very efficient three-point shooter last year, but not a high volume three-point shooter. Like this team is just going to shoot better probably just because of the guys who are going to be on the floor. And we know how good this team can be when it makes threes. Yeah. I think, like you said, I think this this starting lineup has more firepower. I think offensively, it's going to be better. It should be better. Um, you have a lot of different weapons who are versatile. You know, Tyler Hero filling in for Max Schuess slash Duncan Robinson in that two-three spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's obviously a better offensive player than them. Is he a better sh- two-point shooter? I don't know. I mean, catch and shoot, he might he might be yeah. right there. We with haven't them. we haven't gotten to see him do it. We haven't we haven't seen him really in that. And it seems like he's role. embracing it too, right? That that's another part well, of it. It's like he wants to be a starter, so whatever I, that takes. Right, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. Like Duncan and Max Schroes know their job, right? They're right. standing on the wing, they're shooting threes. Uh, maybe they're putting the ball on the deck once and mo- keeping it moving, right? Tyler Hero, um, you know, if Tyler Hero wanted to be JJ Redick, he'd probably be. J- something pretty close to J.J. Redick, but he wants to be Devin yeah. Booker historically, right? He's, right, and he has that skill set. He has a skill set. He does, but it also seems, like you said, he wants to be in the starting lineup um, and <laughs> whatever it takes, and, and what it's <laughs> going to take is to do that. And, you know, tonight looks like he did, He was embracing that. Yeah, and it's like he said, though. Like, if you attack him on a closeout, he said it after the game, like, he can attack the closeout, obviously, right. very well, and he's hard to guard in those situations. So, it all the like most of these guys are really versatile. Even Kyle Lowry, he doesn't need the ball in his hands to make an impact, right? Tyler Hero, we've seen tonight, he doesn't need the ball in his hands all the time to make an impact. Jimmy Butler, he can play off the ball, he can play in the post. Bam on a bio, we've seen his versatility. And then Caleb Martin offers something totally different to the starting lineup than PJ Tucker. He's not going to replicate PJ Tucker's screening, his you know be, being able to guard up as well as PJ did. Probably PJ's rebounding. Just everything he did off the ball. But Caleb Martin offers something a lot different. He's quicker. His speed makes the, the, the Heat defense more dynamic. His athleticism, his ability to playmake. There were a few times tonight where he blew past his defender off the dribble and created for others. P.J. Tucker was not able to do that. Um, Caleb, Caleb can still hit threes. Caleb can play above the rim. So it's just a different – although Jimmy, Bam, and Kyle are still the core of the lineup, mm-hmm. there's a different feel. And I think it unlocks – some things for that trio with Hero and Caleb in there because they bring something different to that lineup. Yeah, not a whole lot of starting lineups in the NBA, I would guess, where the point guard is the slowest guy in the lineup, but that yeah. might be the case for the Heat. And obviously, it 
because Kyle Lowry is so good at those outlet passes, he kind of doesn't need to be John Wall. You know, he doesn't need to be John Wall getting the ball and racing right. down the court with everyone trying to keep up with him. He can be the guy who gets the ball and then is throwing it out to one of those guys. Like this, this team's going to be able to score and transition kind of better, I think, than they did last year. Obviously, they did really well at the beginning of last year um, just because the athleticism out there. And, yeah, like you said, it's just – you know, P.J. Tucker, I think an underrated playmaker, good out of, like, the high post. But, yeah, like you said, he's not a guy who's going to pump fake on a three and, like, all of a sudden drive to the rim and, like, yeah, like you're, you're not going to get that. Dunk over somebody. That, <laughs> but you're not going to get that, like, Warriors blender thing, right, where everyone's driving and kicking and driving and kicking and driving yeah. and kicking. Um, this could be that. I mean, it could be really that could, a little bit. This yeah. group. I mean, you don't want to compare anyone to them, but no, like, but I'm saying they have the five, like they have a pretty unique starting lineup in that way. But like Tyler hero would fit per, you know, like he would have fit perfectly with like what the warriors do. Right. When you think about a guy who's going to draw a defender out and then, you know, like it's kind of clay Thompson ish, right. Where it's like, yeah, he's going to shoot threes most of the time, but also if the closeout comes, he can make a move and he's probably a more fluid off the dribble guy than clay Thompson is. But uh, you know, similar to the way Clay will do that and take that pull up too. Uh, Tyler has his counters off of that too, in a way that obviously, like you said, Strews and, and Duncan don't. Yeah, and I think it's worth noting that last season this lineup only played 17 minutes together in the regular season, and they were all scored by 15 points. Um, they didn't play together at all in the playoffs. So I'd be curious, like when those minutes happen. I mean, obviously, probably like, over like. I think I was actually think I, I saw it. It was like over like 15 games. So probably like one or two minutes each. Time. Yeah. Like, it's so limited. So this is really the first extended stretch we've seen them together. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's one game against the Pelicans team that was missing a couple starters, I believe. Um, but they look good. And you saw like the vision of how it could all work together if it did come together in that way uh, this year. I, I guess my question to you, David, real quick is. The fact this five, does it create concern of being a playmaker off, coming off the bench? Well, I, we've t- we talked about Victor Oladipo is that potential yeah. guy, right? We haven't, you know, he didn't play a ton in this preseason, right? Like patience, right, was the, the, the story you wrote the other day. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe it's him. I mean, so it was interesting, I guess, the sixth, like, the the sixth minute you wrote about Jovic kind of being the sixth man at one point with this group. Um, and Mark, I mean, the wisdom would dictate that Caleb Martin's going to be the first guy off the court, right? Just because, you know, that's kind of how it works. Yeah. But, I mean, they're going to have to stagger these guys' minutes a little bit, right? Like, they're, yeah. they're going to give Tyler Hero 10 minutes a game where he's running the, the show. Guy. Um, right, right, totally. They're, yeah. they're going to have to space it. They're going to give Jimmy lineup run where he's out there with, some shooters um, and just kind of like make stuff happen uh, by muscling your way to the rim. Um, I think if Victor Oladipo is what we think he can be, it answers that question. I think pretty clearly, if not, yeah, they're going to have to probably get a little creative with rotations. Cause you look at that bench unit. Um, yeah. There's, there's not, uh, unless, unless Gabe, Vin- unless you feel like Gabe Vincent can just like orchestrate an offense basically, then yeah, there's not a guy who, uh, you know, the, the best player off the bench is probably on paper, Max Struess. And like, we just obviously have not seen, um, right. him as a creator at all. Like yeah. you probably yeah. count on like, uh, yeah. two hands, like the number of unassisted buckets he, he has. Yeah, no, I, I agree. They're gonna have to stagger the starters. Tonight was weird because they kind of, since it was like a, 
quote unquote preseason dress rehearsal, they kind of subbed out like starters, bench unit. Right. Like, you're not yeah. gonna see that that much in the regular season. But I mean, there are a few guys who have the potential to play that role off the bench. Like Gabe Vincent is one, right? Yes. Where he's more of a natural point guard, but he could be a combo guard. Um, Victor Oladipo, if he can get back to form, right, to play mm-hmm. that role, um, we'll see. Um, and then, yeah, I think the rest is going to be, you know, maybe lineups with Max and Duncan together is a way you kind of create space on offense. Yeah. Maybe that's you like an unconventional cre- way of creative, yeah. right? And that's Eric Spolcher is creative. Like, I don't know, could you play, again, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking staggering, yeah. again, I guess, but like, bam, with those two. Like, is that. Right. And then like put two defenders out there with them or something like like or two others like. Two. Try to score a little bit, um, maybe yeah. like they're they're gonna have to get creative I think a little bit. Yeah, and I think that transitions well to Nikola Jovic who's a playmaker. That right. Will, okay. So is that will is come that off the bench? The <laughs> right. Is that the answer? I, I just still don't think right away he's gonna be yeah. in the rotation. He's 19. He's really raw still. But I will say, entering training camp, I said, this is probably going to be a total developmental year for him, where he gets works on his body, maybe gets reps in the G League. But from what I saw in the preseason, like I would not be surprised if at some point this year, at least for a certain one stretch, maybe because of injuries or, or whatnot, or maybe just because he's come along that fast, mm-hmm. he might be in the rotation. He has, yeah. He's very skilled. Really good passer. Looks a lot better than he did in summer league. Hit his threes this preseason. Um, by all accounts, you talk to everybody on the team. Very smart, fast learner. Doesn't make the same mistake twice. And those are all good signs for a kid who's 19 and who has the physical gifts, right? I mean, he's almost seven feet tall. And he could, you know, he's a modern day kind of passing three-point shooting big. So really encouraging. And if he does, like, kind of, you know, fulfill his potential in a, in a year or two, he could be the perfect front court partner with Bam. Yeah. Um, getting ahead of ourselves, but really, like, his skill set fits perfectly. Yeah, I mean, realistic, like, is he going to be an important guy if they get to the Eastern Conference Finals? Like, probably not, right? Probably not, but, Like, yeah. But, I mean, you think of, like, again, not to just keep going back to the Warriors, but they're the defending champions and I think are a good example of to, the way to handle rookies um, on a team that's in contention, like no Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga weren't important parts of the NBA finals, but they were important parts of the Warriors season. And I, I think yeah. that's probably the way to think of what Jovich can be for this team. Is he going to be on the court in the fourth quarter of the Eastern conference finals against the probably Sixers not, no. or whatever? No, but uh, could we have a, two-week stretch in March where there's a bunch of injuries and he's averaging like 10, 8, and 6 across a two-week stretch off the bench and kind of filling in that six-man role? Maybe. Um, or or could he just, you know, be of it by the end of the year, be the backup power forward uh, in a 10 or 11-man rotation um, and, and give you 14 minutes a night? Uh, yeah, that, that stuff all matters. And um, even if it doesn't, even when the rotation, you know, when the rotations get tight, he might not be there. Uh, does based on what we saw, it would not be a surprise if he's playing a role. Still, be surprised, like you said, yeah. if he's a core component of what this team is going to do uh, on its title quest. But 
Yeah, it, I mean, again, another guy who just, I think, massively exceeded expectations and kind of went as well as it could have gone for the Heat in the yeah, preseason. And then, and like we've said, he's skilled offensively. He showed some promise defensively. He has length, but defense is going to be the biggest issue that keeps him up. Right. Forward, right. Like, it's not sustainable to be playing him right now against starting caliber, even rotation caliber NBA players. It's going to take some time. So. I think that's the biggest reason why maybe he doesn't have a consistent role this year. But I do think, like you said, there will be a stretch where they need him for some reason. And he has shown a lot of potential where, you know, he could be a great pick at that spot at number 27. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like they might they might have hit that. So, well, you know, it was, it was a good sign for them, for the Heat. Do you still think there's a chance he uh, spent some time in the G League this year? Or do you think he has showed I, enough and benefited enough from being yeah. on the NBA team? Obviously, I just you never know what could happen, you know, over the next six months. But I would say there's less of a chance now than there was two weeks yeah. ago. But I wouldn't be like shocked if at some point they send him for a week, right? Because they see he hasn't played in three weeks. He's 19, and he needs to get reps. And they just send him there for a week. They did that with with Josh Richardson. Yeah. They did that with Casey Okpala. They've done that before. So. I would not be shocked. I don't think it's going to be for a long period of time, but I could see like a week or two over there just to yeah. get a few games. Try to get kind so. of the best. Because obviously guys benefit from the practice, yeah. NBA practice, probably more than they do from G League right. practice. But, but but as you know, there's not that there aren't many practice opportunities. That's true, too. You know, there's a lot of off days. So, you know, there, there might be a week where they feel like it's best to have him there. Maybe they're not going to practice. He's not going to play. Everyone's healthy. And they send him over. So I, I don't – I would say there's less of a chance now, like I said, than two weeks ago, but I wouldn't rule it out completely. Uh, before we finish up, I want to talk about Bam, uh, because he was another, I think, big story of the preseason for the Heat. Um, 25 points in 25 minutes tonight, uh, 64 points in 74 minutes in the preseason. Everyone wants it to be more aggressive. Again, it's just the preseason, but it seems like we saw that today and obviously he's been he's talked about it for the last couple of years so it's you know he knows it's what he's supposed to be I guess trying to transform into um what what did you think of his performance in this preseason and particularly tonight uh getting that chance with the starting lineup yeah I think he was he fulfilled his word and more right like you know right. we've heard the talk about would be more aggressive i'm gonna be more aggressive and it just hasn't really happened i mean he's he's up to shot attempts every year but like there's always been like uh, uh a push for just more and more like right he hasn't really satisfied that request yet from the outside at least this preseason i'm looking at the per 36 numbers he's averaging 31 points on 19.4 shot attempts a game 12.1 free throws for 36 minutes. I'm not saying he's going to do that in the regular season, but those per 36 numbers are, I mean, that's all NBA, right? If he's averaging 31 points for 36 minutes on 19 shot attempts and 12 free throws, like, you can't ask for anything more from him offensively. He's going to do what he does on defense. He's arguably the best defender in the NBA. But the aggressiveness and the assertiveness that you saw was really the most impressive thing. And it wasn't in the way that maybe we would have thought, right? He's not taking that many threes, though. So yeah. I think he took, like, maybe no more than a handful of threes in the, in the preseason. But he's getting to the line a lot more. 12.1 free throws per 36 minutes? Yeah. That's And he's always huge. been a very good th- free throw shooter. And he's a, he's a you know, 75% around their range. One of the best free throw shooting centers in the league. Yeah. So, all good signs for Bam. 
Now, the question is, can he sustain that over a long period of time? And that's what we're going to find out in the next month or two, if he could continue doing that and playing that role. Um, but so far, you, you know, you can't help but just be excited for kind of how his offensive game is trending at this point. It's, it's such a weird thing to talk about because it is like a we're getting into psychology of guys in some ways. Um, but like what about what we saw in the preseason? I don't know, like just like taking the optimist view. What, why is this different? What like what what did you see in the preseason that makes if you I don't know if this is your thought, but that mm-hmm. he's going to sustain something close to this in the regular season? Just in terms think, of the aggression, right? Not not, yeah. not saying he's going to be the best center in the league, right? right? But I, I don't I don't think we've seen him be this assertive even in the preseason, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I just I only we've seen, it's only been it's only three games, but just from what I saw, like I haven't seen this level of assertiveness from Bam. I don't know ever unless there were like a ton of guys hurt, right? Yeah, right, guy. that game against Brooklyn, right? The the right. COVID year where he scored forty or forty five yeah. or something, yeah. And just the way. He's operating and getting to the line. I mean, those are hidden shot attempts, right? Because he finished with 12 shot attempts tonight in 25 minutes. But if he threw 12 free throws, he shot what six more times, yeah. right? There's like those are hidden shot attempts. So it's a Jimmy Butler I, thing. Right? It is. is he I mean, learning even, from Jimmy. He even I haven't asked him what the free throws today. He said, I, you know, I'm learning from the best in Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been an emphasis of his, and he's up his free throw attempts every year. And he's, you know, it looks like he might do that again this year. And he's in a role now where he doesn't have to facilitate as much. He's not True. at the elbow just scanning the floor, you know, getting guys in the dribble handoffs. Like, there are a ton of other guys who could do that. Kyle Lowry can do that. Tyler Hero can do that. Jimmy Butler can do that. And Bam will do that still sometimes. But he doesn't have to be relied on to play that role as much. So I think it kind of takes that pressure off of him. And the guys have said he want, they want him to shoot more. So I think it'll be different, but again, we won't know until right. the real things, the real games start. Yeah, the way he fits in the lineup is that's a good point because um, obviously when he's out there, especially when he's out there with Duncan Robinson, a core tenant of what they did on offense was that dribble handoff. Um, and now there's no Struess, there's no Robinson like that. Like you said, they're still going to do stuff like that, but I mean, how many times did we see the the Bam sets does a dribble handoff, gives it to Duncan? Duncan can't quite shake his man. He gives it back to Bam, who sets a screen. Um, like, that's just not going to be part of it. Like, he's going to – No. It's on paper, he's going to be around the rim a lot more. And he's going to have to be, right? Because not that P.J. – you know, P.J. Tucker's, what, 6'5", and not uh, center. Right. But he's much. he was much more of a center who could be the guy in rebound position than Caleb Martin probably will be. So, um, he's – He's going to have to be near the rim a lot more, and that'll only help his game. And obviously, you know, he, he hit a couple threes, too. So I would guess, what do we, didn't we look it up last week? We were, like, shocked that he only attempted one three. Was it one three he attempted last year? Like, he's got to probably shoot was, more than that, too. Or maybe yeah, made one three. I think he was, um, I think he made zero threes last year. He was one maybe, for three in the preseason this year. From right. And last year in the regular season, he it was like oh for one, oh six like, or something, oh yeah. six, oh six. Yeah, like and I and I'm guessing, I mean, well, even like blindly, I'm assuming more than half of those are like end of the shot clock, right, or end of the quarter type of shots where he's yeah. keeping it up. You know, he's not going to average a three per game, I don't think, but he'll shoot more than six threes. This yeah, year, I would bet. Yeah, like, and I'm guessing he'll make a handful at least, probably like yeah. 
though I would say would if I set the over under at <laughs> fifteen threes made for Bam, would you say the over or the under? Um who I'm gonna say the under, but it's also okay. the kind of the situation where like if he is feel like it just kind of feels like last year because he was it two years ago or three the bubble year he shot kind yeah. of a lot of threes that year not like a lot but he shot more than six yeah definitely and made some um remember there was the whole thing where like what was it was jimmy would give him like a thousand dollars every time right. he attempted it was two a three or, 14. or something right it was two or four it was two or fourteen so i don't know yeah so but he, but yeah, know, he took more but not much. he took more yeah. um so uh, it could be the, this could be a situation where he all now uh, makes thirty, right? Like where he, he yeah. way over overshoots that projection because he starts to feel it at some point in the year and, and rolls with it. But I'll, I'll take the under. He took three in the heat in the red, white, and pink scrimmage, which had Twitter ablaze. I'm oh, sure right, that's what I was thinking of. I think, but he also he did took, take some in game one of the preseason, he, right? He yeah, I think he took one. It was, or made it was one. one. In game it might have been on the road. I'm not sure, but he, yeah, he took he made one. This yeah. preseason. It was one of the first few games. Um, but yeah, like tonight in the finale, he took one. I don't really remember it, but he took one. He he missed it, but um, he's at least yeah, he's taking them right. So he seems like he's taking like about one a game, one one and a half a game in the preseason. So if that continues, he's gonna run into a few. So. Yeah, and we should say go. with with the Bam scoring, like he's going to score better. Uh, probably a higher volume, like if, like you said, we if if what we see is reality, like it's a good sign. But there are yeah. gonna be nights where he's gonna like take like six shots, right? It's just it's just yeah. how it's gonna work with this offense. Yeah. The way that you know they, we've said it a million times that Jimmy and Bam are not your traditional stars. Where every other team in the league that's competing for a championship has a high volume offensive player. Um, whether it's an obvious guy like Luka Doncic um, or if it's Giannis, right? Like who, who does it a little bit more in the flow. Like those guys, everything is running through those guys. Um, obviously, most of what the Heat do is going to run through Jimmy Butler and Bam, but the way those guys are both wired is they're, for non-point guards, pr- probably the Non-point guards and, like, non-LeBron, I guess, they're the most pass-first, like, facilitation-oriented stars in the league, I kind of feel like, in the non-point yeah. guard, non-LeBron yeah, division. for sure. For sure. And, and you're right. I think there are going to be games where Bam takes five shots, and and that's okay. Like, in this team, as we've seen in the past, like, Jimmy's going to have a night where he takes 15 shots and 10 free throws, and then there's other nights where Jimmy takes... yeah. Four shots. Right? Yeah, the and difference I think is that the nights so when many... Bam only takes five shots are they're going to be the nights when Duncan Robinson has thirty three points right. instead of the nights right. where it feels like nothing is happening and Bam also right. only takes five right. shots. Right, that's right. what he needs to get away from. Yeah, he took thir- he averaged thirteen, a big jump actually, ten point eight shots per game in, in twenty one twenty. Sorry, looking in... at preseason stats. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was a big jump. I didn't um, know you could look that. He took he took 13 shots a game last year, so uh-huh. I, I think he's gonna get up. He says he he said he wants to get, wants to get up to 18 shots a game. I don't know if we'll get up that high. Uh, he's gonna get fouled too much. But yeah, I would say like 15, right? Is 15. Realistic. 15, I think should be like the target number. He, and he took 6.1 free throws a game last year. So like seven or eight. Let's say eight. He averages 15 shots a game and eight free throws a game. That's pretty good for him. That's a kind of a pretty significant uptick in a, in a service from him. So. 
Um, how does that change the Heat's offense? Where do those shots come from? Like at the expense of who? Mm-hmm. That's another question. But I think assertive Bam is is essential to kind of this team taking another step because, like we've said, this they have a lot of the same guys. They need some new uh, ideas and some leaps from the young players like Bam and Tyler. And so, and in the play, in the preseason, they look like better players. So that's good news for the Heat. Um, all right. Did we miss anything? We talked a little bit about Duncan. Um, I think that's a positive sign. Yeah. Right? I, I wanted to go over a couple of the negatives really briefly. There are many. Okay. Not really negatives, but just things that were maybe didn't meet expectations because of injury or whatever. One, I would say Haywood Highsmith, just kind of quiet. Yeah, we, 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 thought, we thought he was going to maybe be the next uh, Struce. Yeah, like I thought he'd be like a like more rotation guy maybe because of the lack of depth of, power, depth of power forward. He played good in the summer league. He was not in the top 11 tonight in the dress rehearsal. He played, he entered the game with like five minutes left in the fourth quarter and that was it. So, and he kind of was, you know, he didn't really have any, you know, standout performance in the preseason. It was just kind of, you know, whatever. Like he didn't really notice so much. So he'll get his shots, like we said again, because of injuries and and the season. And maybe, maybe he'll be really good when he gets his crack. But yeah, right now, uh, let's pump the brakes, I guess, on him being the next. Yeah. Uh, out of nowhere, yeah, yeah, and then uh, Omar Yurt seven just because of injury. He played the preseason yeah. before, and then he's missed the last four preseason games because of ankle soreness. And he was another guy who we thought probably would be in the rotation. Whether we spent a lot of time center. talking about him last week, yeah, and that was the only game he's played in. And yep. It doesn't seem like even if he's back, you know, it doesn't seem like a serious injury. But even if he's back for the opener, it seems like other guys are ahead of him at this point. Yeah. Eventually, well, we always thought it was going to be him versus Deadman, and yeah. a little situational, and yeah. Yeah, and, and it might and it might change throughout the years, but I'll just say I was expecting, I was hoping to see more of your seven, just because of injury, we didn't get a chance. So that was kind of another preseason disappointment, just because of injury. And then the other two, really quick, are two way, the two two way contract guys, at least the two former mm-hmm. two way guys, Marcus Garrett, didn't shoot the ball one per season, ends up having a fractured right wrist, second serious wrist injury, um, the last eight, uh, last ten months. So he had wrist surgery in January on that same one. And now he fractured it. Um, so he waived him from his two-way deal on Wednesday night. And then a few days ago, they waived Darius Days, who oh, undrafted forward out of LSU. Really didn't play much in the preseason. Jamal Kane looked incredibly good. Kind of forced the Heat's hand. And they waived uh, Darius Days and replaced him with Jamal Kane. So just the two two-way contract guys the Heat thought they had, so <laughs> two different guys right now. Yeah. Drew Smith and Jamal Kane. Uh, can Jamal Kane be the next heat out of nowhere guy? We, you've, touched, you've, you've alluded to him a couple of times. What did you yeah, like? Yeah, he might be. He looks good. He's, he's He kind of fits the mold of what the heat like uh, on that undrafted, like, forward, power forward spot. He can he could shoot, which we didn't see much of in college, but he mm-hmm. made his threes in the preseason, and he think he has upside there, that part of his game. Very versatile defender. Needs to add some weight onto his frame. He's thin, but you've seen the defensive skills guarding Kevin Durant in Brooklyn pretty well. Um, very good off-ball cutter. Scored a lot of points in the preseason just off of cuts and alley-oops, and he's very athletic. Um, really doesn't need to dribble the ball to, to, to make a play kind of P.J. Tucker-like, but just more athletic in that way. Um, so, yeah, I don't think he's going to play, you know, that much this season, um, but definitely uh, stood out a lot more than I expected. You, did you watch him at all in college? Like, uh, I think he finished. He finished his career at Marquette. Oakland, right? Like no, no, Oakland. He, yeah. he was at Marquette for four years, and then went to Oakland. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
But yeah. So by the way, that that itself touches on two like key heat like yeah things. Marquette, obviously Dwayne Wade and Jimmy yeah. Butler, and Oakland kind of I don't want to say the original out of nowhere heat guy, but um, in the gym, Kendrick yeah. Nunn, kind of the original yeah. out of nowhere heat guy in this Jimmy Butler <laughs> era, uh, was came out of Oakland after uh, transferring from a bigger program. So yeah, he, he fits fits a lot of the uh, characteristics that the Heat look for. Sioux Falls is going to be very good this year, I think. Yeah, you're going to especially spend some time out there. Especially if Jovic is playing over there. They're going to be pretty good. Yeah, that'll be... Uh, I'm not going to watch them. I'm just gonna, <laughs> not going to watch any G League. Unless they should do a night. We should do a Sioux Falls understand. Sky Force segment every week. What do you I don't really understand how the G League Ignite works. Will they play the, the Sky Force? Maybe I'll watch that game. I think so. I think, I'm think they play every G League. Team. Dude, are, by the way, we didn't... I can't, did we record last week before Victor, Victor and Scoot? Yeah, I think we did. But that, that was, was awesome. That was insane. I didn't get a chance to watch it much because I was... I think, I I think was, that he played that night, maybe? We were maybe? playing like both nights or at least one of the nights. I didn't get to watch it. But um, yeah, that was that was something. He's uh, he's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. He's I like Scoot, good. too. Um, and Scoot, and two of the Super other top athletic. prospects in the draft are, are the Thompson twins, who are uh, out of um, overtime elite, but are originally Pinecrest kids. They, they went really? to the state title Pinecrest uh, three or four years ago. I didn't know that. That's pretty before, cool. I didn't know before that. skipping their senior year of high school to go to play for the overtime program in Atlanta. So it's a, it's a fun draft class. Not a lot of college guys, which as a college basketball guy um, makes me a little sad. But at least there's a couple of Americans up there. This is like a, a USA basketball guy. It was kind of looking dicey there. Obviously, Victor is not, but um, yeah, Scoot and okay. the Thompson twins. Like I call him Victor. I call him Victor W. That's my, I think, that's I think my he likes favorite. Wemby. I think he changed his. Wemby. Okay, I can do that. Wemby. I can do that. I can. I can do that one. LeBron um, calls him an alien. The alien, right? That's that's the other one. Yeah. That people have been going with. And teams are gonna tank hard this year. It's kind of crazy that we're like. I was all in on Chet, and then, like, this guy is just, like, Chet, but, like... The next evolution of Chet. Yeah, like, like how do we already like, get the next evolution of Chet? Like, Chet is even... One of the... Th- the like, Thunder might even... I get both of both them. Both of them. Like, like what, what is gonna... Like, we got the evolution of Chet, and he's gonna play in the NBA. Maybe, depending on, like, when both before guys, <laughs> yeah. like, debut next year. Like, maybe he'll play before Chet somehow. Like, the novelty on Chet wore out so quickly. I'm really interested to see kind of how the, this, because the top end of the draft class is so good and has the potential to be like so special. How many teams tank? I think there's going to be like, yeah, teams we already know expect at certain at least points a couple, or, but yeah, like again, some of these teams, like we have some of these all-stars we have talked about maybe, uh, becoming available at some point. Yeah, for sure. And who like, knows that could impact Portland. The what if Portland yeah. all of a sudden is like game, Love you, but we like Victor Wembanyama a little bit more. Or Washington, right. what if they are say, Brad, thanks for signing that extension, but Victor Wembanyama is yeah. French and gonna be a good market marketing tool for us. Um, yeah, there, there's gonna be some teams. And at SGA, like I, I have to think, like eventually, yeah, is, is OKC really just gonna mm-hmm. keep hanging on to him? Yeah, and we now know what's going on in Utah, by the way. We we now know very clearly what's going on in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> they will be in the tankathon. Yeah, like. for sure. 
Um, I guess this is our last episode before the season kicks off. Do you have any just big NBA thoughts that I want to spring a title? Um, I haven't thought about my title pick or anything yeah. like that. I haven't really either, to be honest. Maybe you, it's still it's still early enough in the season. What do you think of the Philly hype? Um, I think they're gonna be, I think they're like in the heat tier. I, I think say. they're gonna be awesome but, in the regular season, but I still have questions about James Harden. Yeah, in the playoffs. yeah, right. I mean, there are a lot of questions surrounding not only James Harden but Joel Embiid, right? His health yeah. is always a, he was say relatively healthy last year, but in the playoffs he obviously got dinged up and. He's dealt with injuries pretty much every year of his career. So there's always going to be those questions. But Tyrese Maxey looks like he took yeah. another step. Oh, I'm a big fan. The addition of, the addition of P.J. Tucker, if James Harden can get back to even close to what he was a few years ago, yeah, they'll be they'll be up there with the other top teams in the East. So I, I think the hype is legit. Are they, like, a favorite in the East? I would say no, but they're a contender. I'm much more into the Clippers as the team that could go oh, yeah. from from never getting out of the second round to yes. winning the title. I think they're I, like I think the Sixers have kind of somehow captured that corner where I think people are like, are they yeah. actually the best team in the league, even though they've never made it past the second round of the playoffs? I think the Clippers. I I, I more believe in them to to do that. Yeah, they they have a loaded roster, and if Kawhi and uh, Paul George are healthy the entire year, yeah, they're. I think people are sleeping on them just because it's just so my John, it might be my John Wall bias though. And John Wall. I mean, if you John, I'm excited to watch John Wall play. Okay. Yeah. Like, we haven't seen him in so long. Um, so yeah, I like I like the Clippers. So I'm high on the Clippers. Um, I think they are not getting enough attention. Yeah, a lot of parity again. There was last year too. But yeah. It's a it's a good spot for the league to be in, obviously. Yeah. My um, my Heat prediction. I think last year what did they finish? 1532. Um. Let's see. It is now 1 a.m. by the way. They finished 53, 53 with 53 wins. So I'm gonna say um, 49 wins and 49 and 32. I think they finish with. I think they finish home court in the East. Yeah, I think I, I agree strike. with that. I'm not, I'm not going to stick a number on it, but I agree they finish home court in the East. I think they are. I again, I think Philly just. But with Harden and Embiid, they're going to be awesome in the regular season. Yeah. I, I think um, I, I kind of feel like they're going to get the one in the East. Um, really? Wow. But, well, who else? I mean, unless you think like like maybe Milwaukee. Just, Milwaukee, Boston. Yeah. I think Boston, it's going to just be, I think the, it, it can't be, the start of the year is not going to be, I can't imagine. A lot, a lot of different, a lot of things going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Robert Williams going to miss some time. Right. Like, but I think I think it's still the same top four, basically. Um, so you don't, obviously, think, you don't buy you don't buy Brooklyn. And no, I mean like I should, but yeah. I'm not, I, I don't disagree with. I need you. to see it. I need to see it. Yeah, that's why. I'm not. Yeah, we, I'm, not to... I'm not betting on them. Yeah, I think that's Toronto. Cool. Toronto is interesting too. Toronto, Atlanta, Cleveland, obviously. We talked about the East is deep. The East yeah. is deep. The East is deep. So. Um, it's going to be competitive. It's, the standings are probably going to be really tight for most of the year from like one to six, right? Like yeah. it probably won't be much of a gap. But I, I just think the Heat are deep enough. They're kind of, I don't want to say built for the regular season because that's kind of disrespectful, but like they're a good regular season. Yeah, they had the best record in the East in the regular yeah. season. Yeah. As um, long as they stay healthy, like Jimmy Butler is not going to let yeah. this team like screw around. Right. And they have enough depth to overcome an injury or two. Yeah. They can win 
in, in those situations. We saw it last year. So I, I, I think they've 49, 49 wins, a couple wins, a little step back from last year, but still top four in the East. And we'll see what happens. That's all you can ask for. In the playoffs, you know, it's a new season. So yeah, um, it'll be a good year. All right. Um, we'll finish up there. Uh, thanks, as always, for listening. You can uh, follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. You can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. Uh, lots of heat coverage these days, lots of everything coverage. Um, so just check out MiamiHerald.com for all of our sports coverage uh, in South Florida. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>